Everyone needs compassion Lord, that's never failing Let mercy call on me And everyone needs forgiveness The kindness of a Savior And no of nation can move the mountains my God is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Feel my life again. I give you up and follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. There's nothing worth more 
give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ. Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. If you guys have your Bibles, Please go with me to the book of Luke. Kind of thin today, aren't we? Talk to Thomas. We run everybody out of here. Just kidding. Luke chapter 18. And find your place in that 35th verse, Luke 18. 
Luke chapter 18, verse 35 through 43. This should be a very familiar story to you guys. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but we're going to hear it again today if the Lord's willing. And once you find your place, as always, we ask you to stand for the reading of God's holy scriptures. I must have a, a really good word today because I really have been struggling this week, so hopefully I'll get through this. And I'm sure she's going to thump my ear after church, but that's okay. I'll take the thumping. Luke 18, verse 35 through 43. If you have your place, say amen. The Bible says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he had heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? And they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And so he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Oh, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered that the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus. Everybody said he followed Jesus. Praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Holy Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I ask today that you'd have mercy upon me. And I pray that I stop you in your tracks this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would reach down from heaven. And not only touch my life, but touch the life of your people in this church today. Lord, we want to see. Lord, we want to hear a word from heaven this morning. And Father, we just ask, God, that you speak through your messenger and give him the grace to proclaim the message that you've laid upon his heart heavily this week. Lord, we ask that you would open our ears and give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, give us a mind to understand the revelations Lord, and just have your way in this service. We humble ourselves before you. We confess our sins before you. Now, Lord, move by the power of the living God, and we praise you. And God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Now, the first thing that I want to try to call to your attention this morning is something that God has been really been laying on my heart for several weeks now. And I'm sure today that this message may be for somebody. I'm reminded of the words that God spoke to Ezekiel in 37, 33 and 7. He says, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the words I give you and give them warnings from me. In other words, it's my job as a man of God to hear what God lays on my heart, but it's also my job to speak those words as clear as I possibly can. 
But something else that I want you to notice in this story is something that you probably did not notice when we read it. In fact, I don't believe that if you just read the text today, you would even see this at all. In fact, the only way that you can see what we're going to be talking on today, if you read the entirety of not only the book of Luke, but also the book of Mark as well. Because what I want you to see today, or should I say what the Holy Spirit wants you to see today, is that this is the very last time that Jesus would be passing through the city of Jericho. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, he said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise in making the most of every opportunity because the days are what? Evil. And so I feel God is telling us today that we need to make the most of every opportunity. In other words, what I'm trying to show you this morning is that this was probably the last opportunity that blind Bartimaeus and, and, and even Zacchaeus, who was even part of this story a little bit later down, would be the last time that they'd have a chance to not only see Jesus, to hear from Jesus, to get right with Jesus, to have fellowship with Jesus. Have you ever wondered how many people in your life have missed the opportunity of seeing Jesus, to spend time with Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, and Jesus just passed them right on by. One of the stories that, that came to my mind with this week about God passing us by is that, that simple story that we all know where, where the storm came and Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side, and we know that they were caught in a great storm, and Jesus stayed back in this particular story but we find him on the fourth watch of the night walking on the waves. And the disciples were terrified and they thought to themselves, surely this was a ghost. But there was one who did not believe that it was a ghost, but he, blocked, he believed that it was the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord. He said, Jesus, if that is you, bid me to come. And we know that Jesus simply said to Peter, come forth. And Peter stepped out of the ship and began to walk on the water. Can I get an amen? But what you have to realize is if, if Peter did not shout out or cry out to God, then the Bible said that Jesus said that he was going to pass on by. In, in other words, Peter, in this story, would have missed his opportunity if he did not cry out, just like blind Barnabas, if he didn't cry out saying, Lord, have, have mercy on me. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. I don't believe that Jesus would have stopped, but he would have kept on moving on into Jericho. Can I get an amen this morning? The Bible tells us in the book of James, 4.13 through 14. James says, now listen, you who say... Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money? James says, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. He says, what is your life? You are a mist 
that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In other words, there's, there's not a soul in this room today that can tell us what will take place tomorrow. In other words, when, when you're in the situation that you're in today, you need to praise God, you need to cry out to God, and you need to take advantage of this opportunity. Because you see, we're not promised tomorrow. Life is passing by even as we speak. Every day that we live, we're getting closer and closer to the day of the Christ returning and us going to wherever we choose to go. Some choose to go to heaven and some choose to reject Jesus. And because they reject him, they'll spend their eternity in hell. You see, one of the biggest lies of the enemy, and we all know this, one of the biggest lies is this saying to you that son or girl, you have plenty of time. Plenty of time. Don't, don't waste your time now. You're still young. You have plenty of time, but we know that is a lie of the devil. Can I, can I get an amen? Because you have to understand one thing, that Jesus does not work on your schedule. Lord, I'll come to you when I get ready. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. Because you see, what happens is, is when God calls you and you turn your ear away from the still, small voice of God, all of a sudden and it, your ear becomes hardened. Your heart becomes hardened. And the, and the more you turn away from God, the harder it is to hear from Christ. And I'm just saying to you today, don't miss the opportunity that may be coming before you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, B, the Bible says, I tell you, now, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of God's salvation. The Bible says in Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, so as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the time of testing in the wilderness. Can I get an amen? When I, when I think about God giving us a message like this about responding now, I can't help but, but go back to that time of the year 2003. One of the most traumatic times in my entire life. I've showed you this many times before, but I'm going to show you because when I, when I think of the year 2003, if, if you look in my Bible, there, there's a little newspaper clipping. A newspaper clipping of probably one of my best friends ever. Ever. And, and the Holy Spirit quickened me one particular time. So you need to reach out to him. You need to make sure that he is saved before he misses his opportunity. And so I made the, made the call. I did all that I could, but nevertheless, the young man rejected his life, rejected the life of the living God, rejected the Savior of the world, and because he rejected him, one week later from the time that I spoke to him, he was quickly snatched out of this earth like a candle blown out by the wind. The Bible says in Zechariah 7, 11 through 13, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. 
They made their hearts as hard as flint. It would not listen to the law or to the word of the Lord Almighty as sent by his spirit through earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. Then it says these words, Zechariah 7 13. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen. In other words, God does not work on your schedule. Do you hear me this morning? Today's message is simply entitled, Don't Miss What Might Be Your Last Opportunity. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, if Jesus passes by today, please don't miss your opportunity. Because you're not promised tomorrow. Luke chapter 12, 16 through 21, the Bible said that Jesus told this parable. He said the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, I have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But then the Bible says these words here. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your soul will be demanded from you. He said, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? The Bible said, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but are not rich toward God. In other words, this man missed the opportunity to do something great for God. You see, God had blessed his fields. He had blessed the works of his hand. He had plenty laid up for tomorrow. But instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to share this with God's people, with the kingdom of God. I'm going to take what God has given me, and I'm going to use it for God's glory. But instead, he said, I'm going to store it up for myself. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be living free. I'm going to have plenty. But God says, oh, you fool. Because today, your soul will be demanded of you. Don't miss the opportunity because you don't want Jesus to pass you on by. Can I get an amen? In fact, the Bible says in Psalms 14 and 1 that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. And there's no one who does Good. Now, reading our scriptures today, you can see for yourself or reading through the Bible, you can see throughout the entire Bible that that many people, just like you and I, many times throughout the Bible, you'll see how God passed them on by and they missed their opportunity. In fact, one of those examples is found in the book of Acts, chapter 24, verse 24 through 25. Listen carefully. 
The Bible says, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla. Now understand that Paul has been bound and locked up for the gospel. He's sharing the word of God, and because of sharing about Jesus, now he is locked up, chained hand and foot, and he's brought before this leader named Felix and his wife, and they came about to hear the word from God. The Bible said he sent for Paul, and he listened to him, and he spoke about faith in Christ. He discoursed on righteousness and self-control and the righteousness to come and the judgment to come. The Bible said that Felix was afraid, and he said, that's enough for now. You may leave, and when I find it convenient, I will send for you. When I find it convenient to come to church. When, when I find it convenient to pray, when I find it convenient to spend time with God, when I find it convenient. Well, I got news for you. The time of being convenient for Felix and Drusilla, the Jewish woman, never came. And they missed their opportunity. And I'm saying to you today, don't leave the house of God. Don't miss the opportunity because tomorrow may not come for none of us. Live today for what it is, a blessing from God. I want to take you back to the Old Testament and I want to show you one of the strangest verses. It is so strange, it is so unique, but it is so prophetic. Prophetic. I wish I could say that word properly. But you know what I'm talking about. It's supernatural. Let me just say that. Because it's all about how you and I were born with a sickness. A sickness that runs through our veins. Something that contaminated us as human beings. Something that we needed to change. In other words, something where we needed to have a blood transfusion from Calvary. In other words, we need to be changed. We need to be set free. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself in Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God wants to reconcile you today. But the verse I want to show you is found in the book of Ezekiel 16 and 6. This is the King James Version. It's the best one on this verse. Listen to these words. He says, when I pass by thee, I saw thee polluted in thy own blood. And I said unto thee, when thou was in thy own blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy own blood, live. God said, I'm going to pass you by, but you have a choice today to live or die. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and love the Lord God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your God. Can I get an amen? And so Ezekiel is talking about the same type of healing that blind Bartimaeus was needing beyond his own physical healing. 
You see, it's easy to see that blind Bartimaeus was blind and he needed sight, but he needed something so much more. And that is, he needed his spiritual eyes to be open. The world we live in today, there's about 7.7 billion people in our world today. That's a lot of folks. And out of all those people, did you know there's like 36 million people who are totally blind, can't see the hand in front of their face? But that pales in comparison to how many people throughout the world are spiritually blinded. I would would easily, quickly say, I have no facts that back it up, but I would easily say that it's more than three-quarters of all those people who are walking around blind. And some of those people are sitting in church today across America. Sitting in church, blinded and content. Jesus said, you you say you're rich, you're wealth, you're acquired. You, You don't think you need anything, but you do not realize that you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. one of the greatest vices or traps or snare that the enemy uses against God's people or should be his people is the act of blinding them. Covering their heart's eyes so they cannot see. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. The Bible says that the God of this age has has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the lie of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They cannot see because their minds has been blinded. I guess the best way to think about that, he has got their minds on everything else but what's important. I'm thinking about my job. I'm thinking about my retirement why are you even worried about your retirement when you not even promise tomorrow? I'm going to work hard all these years and I'm going to, I'm going to take retirement. I've seen many of men say, I'm going to work till I'm 65 and I'm going to take life easy. Once they turn 65, they retire, maybe have a year left. But, but what about all the time they wasted? You can't get it back. You cannot go backwards. You cannot get what you had. And so they they, they cannot understand the message of the cross. They're not willing to open their heart and receive what God has for them. And so the devil has blinded them to the message of the gospel. The Bible says that the, the, let me try to find that scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I remember trying to open my Bible several times before 97. It was all Greek to me. Isn't it strange how you could try to read something in the Word of God and it means nothing to you? But, but, but the moment that the Holy Spirit fills your heart and you're born from above, you're born again, all of a sudden the Word of God becomes real. 
for the first time in your life, you understand what God is saying to us. And so what the devil does, he blinds the world to the word of God. He blinds the world to the cross. Many rock musicians, many rappers, they all wear the cross on their guitars or whatever, but the cross means nothing to them. 1 Corinthians 1.18, the Bible said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but for those who are being saved, us is the power of God. Because you see, when we see the cross, We don't just see something that you put on your wall or around your neck. No, when we see the cross, we see freedom. We see life. We see love. We see beauty. We see our king who was willing to lay down his life for you and I. I see that we have a rose on our cross. That's that's the rose of Sharon. Jesus Christ himself. When I see the cross... I can't help but see the beauty of eternal salvation. Can I get an amen? And so we learn from the story that, that one of the most important things about this story about blind Bart is made is not that he got his physical eyes open, but that he got his spiritual eyes open. And you're probably saying, well, I don't see that exactly. Can you show it to me? Yeah, it's right there. What you have to look at is how he addressed Jesus Christ. First of all, this man had probably already heard about Jesus. This ain't the first time he heard about Jesus. You know everybody's talking about Jesus. Come on, amen. And so he probably thought to himself, man, if I could just get an opportunity, if he had ever come close to me, I'm going to get up and I'm going to see Jesus. I may not see him with my eyes, but I'm going to see him. Come on, amen. And so the first opportunity he heard, he heard a a noise. The Bible says in the book of Acts, there was a rattling, there was a shaking going on. The winds were blowing in. When Jesus was moving into town of Jericho, he heard a sound. The Bible said, he said, what's taking place? They said, it's Jesus is coming through. And so he gets up and he cries out, Jesus, son of Son of David. In other words, he's not only heard about Jesus, but he's already made up his mind that this is not just an ordinary man here. This is the son of David. This is the promised Messiah. You see that with me this morning. So he's shouting, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. But, but, but no, don't stop there. You've got to realize he's not ashamed of the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 4 and 12 that that salvation is found in no one else other than the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? He was not ashamed of Jesus Christ. And so he shouts out, uh, Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. The Bible said, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that brings us to the third thing. Notice how he addresses Jesus. He addresses him as Lord. Lord. King of kings. The Savior. 
Let me turn my page here. I got ahead of myself. Verse 41 of our text said, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He says, Lord, I want to see. Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Bible said, if you'll confess, the Bible said, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with your heart that you believe and are justified, it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. I take you to the time when Jesus clearly asked his disciples. Everybody's talking about Jesus. So Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Well, some said you're John the Baptist or, or Elijah or, or maybe one of the prophets long ago. But Jesus simply says, who do you say that I am? And Jesus said, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not re- revealed to you by man, but by my Father in Heaven. In other words, this is revealed to you, Simon, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, he was not going to miss the opportunity to say who Jesus really was. And that's the rock that Christ has built his church upon, the revelation of who he is and who he was. Now, what I've always liked about blind Bartimaeus was his persistence. His persistence in the story not to ever quit. You know, he may not have eyes like you and I at that point, but he had a lot of heart. And what I like about him is that even when they told him to shut up, the Bible says he cried out all the more. We we live in a world today, see, they, they don't have a problem with you praying in public. Lena, we want you to pray at our assembly this week. But do us one little favor. Don't pray in the name of Jesus. Just pray to God. There's something about that name. There's something about that name that's an offense to the world. Because what the world sees when they hear about Jesus is a man who had to die. They they don't want to hear about the blood, the power of the blood. They don't want to hear about their sin. Because when you talk about Jesus, you can't help but think about sin because that is what he became on the cross. He became your sin and my sin. He became a blasphemer, adulterer, a thief, a liar. He became all those things because at that point, he had to say, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at that point, that's when God turned his face away from sin. Come on, amen. And I don't know about you, there's no time in my life that I ever wanted to be separated from God. But I was. Because I kept rejecting that still, small voice. I've told that story. I was in the club once. I heard my mama come through the monitor. You need to go to church. I'm thinking, what? I'm looking for mama in the club. And I know I heard it. And I can still see that bony finger pointing at me. You need to go to church. 
I'm thinking, this is crazy. I asked the guys, did y'all hear that? They said, hear what? I said, never mind. Next song. Man, God can get hold of you, and you can reject it, and that's exactly what I did. And I'm blessed that in 97, when I came to that still, that little voice, when it came to me in 97 in that little church in Rockwall, I heard it, and I responded. I did not want Jesus to pass me by. Because think about it. I don't have to be here today. I didn't have to be here. He could have took me out. That could have been my last chance. I might not have been a preacher. I might have, who te- no, no telling what I would have been. I could have went ahead and died in that hole in, in, in Dallas. But because he had mercy on my soul, come on, amen. He gave me the grace to be here today. But here's one thing we need to realize that what Jesus said in Luke 9, 26. When they ask you to pray and they said, you can't pray in the name of Jesus, you need to be like blind Barnabas and you need to get all about Jesus. Because listen to these words. Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of him before my Father in heaven. Who's ever ashamed of me and my words? I'll be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I remember a time in the book of Acts when they told Peter and John, you you need to quit speaking in the name of Jesus. And I want you to look at Acts 4, 19 and 20 because we need to pay careful attention to their reply. Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right in the sight of God to obey God rather than man. And as for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. We can't help it. I think it was Jeremiah said, like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Can't help myself. You can tell me not to preach on Jesus, and I'll show you how far to go. There ain't a man in this room can stop me. You may tie me down, gag me, but I'm still going to be preaching in the Spirit. Come on, amen. You'll have to knock me smooth out. But then I believe the Holy Ghost had my foot kicking. Something's going to happen. My second part favorite of this story today is not even found in the book of Luke. But it's mentioned in, in, in the book of Mark. Now, I feel this is something that someone really needs to hear today. Mark 10, 49 and 50. The Bible says that Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Here it is right here. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now what you got to understand, this is a poor blind beggar. Something that you and I take advantage or take for granted is our coats. But, but when you're living on that side of the world, his coat was probably his home. Think about it. In other words, everything that he had, his possessions at this point, meant nothing. He, he threw his house away. He dropped everything he had, and he came running to Jesus because he did not want to miss his opportunity 
The Bible says when Jesus comes back the second time in Matthew 24 and 17 and 18, Jesus said, let no one on the roof of his house go down and take anything and let no one in the field go back and get their cloak. You see, freedom is found in your obedience. And so ask yourself right now, what is it in my life that I'm trying to hold on to that Jesus calling me out of, but I keep hanging on to it because I feel that this could save me. But you don't let it go because you're trusting in yourself, your ways in the world. When Jesus calls you out of something, whatever it may be, you need to drop whatever it is he's called you out of and run to him because I promise you tomorrow may be too late. In other words, the anointing for you to leave is then, not tomorrow. Because when you say no to God, the anointing goes right with him. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. So I'm going to wait until I get my house in order. You're not promised tomorrow. No, that's a strong word. And so he cries out to Jesus, and it's this one word. This one word, I believe, is what completely stopped Jesus in this track, and that is the word mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus heard that word, have mercy. And at that point, it's just, I could almost feel his sandals just stopping in the gravel. Look in Hosea 6 and 6. The Bible said, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. You gotta acknowledge me. You gotta believe in me. You gotta trust in me. And you got to cry out with mercy. Matthew 9, 12, and 13. On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who needed the doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There was some man, I saw him on Facebook, TV, whatever it's called. Some street preacher was preaching, and this guy came up with his Bible, and he simply was saying, Jesus did not call us to repent. And that guy looked at him, are you crazy? That's the first thing he preached, was to repent and turn. Come on, Amen. But, but don't listen to the ways of the world. Because if you're preaching a message without repentance, I can promise you God's going to pass you on by. He's not going to use you. you got to preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Can I get an amen? And, and let me say this. When you stand before God, please don't ask for justice. I want justice. You do. Because the moment that you ask for justice, you have just left the plane of grace. When I stand before God, I'm going to be as low as I can get. I'm going to be face down. I'm not even going to look up. 
I'm going to put my mouth on the gravel. And I'm going to say, Lord, (laughs) have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Oh, but I'm covered in the blood. Come on, amen. Because if I have to stand before God in justice, he'll say, okay, you want justice? Break out the Ten Commandments. Let's just go through them. And if you break one, James says you broke them all. You told one lie, hell. You stole one thing, hell. Jesus said you look at a woman lustfully. You already committed adultery with her in your heart. Hell. Come on, amen. If you have every, anything, you put anything ahead of God that's called idolatry, hell. We don't want justice. We want the mercies of God. This is where I close. Do I have time to close? I see today two men hanging beside Jesus on the cross. And as you read the full Gospels, not just one of them, but all four of them, you'll find that at one point, both of these men were coming against Jesus, mocking him, making fun of him. But something happened. Jesus is passing by in the Spirit. Something happened to one man. Something changed. Because he, he stops all that and he says, wait a minute. This man has done nothing wrong. We're getting what we deserve. But this man, no. And so he looks to Jesus, and you know the story. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says, today, you will be with me in paradise. Two men right beside Jesus had the same exact opportunity. But Jesus passed one by, but the other one took his hand in the spirit and said, you know what, I'm going with him. I don't know everything about him. I probably don't know enough about him, but I've heard about him, and I'm not going to let him get by me today. I'm talking to somebody today on, this, on, on our program, listening on the, on the Internet. Listen, my friend. You need to reach out to Jesus with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You need to turn from your sins and turn to Christ and put your faith in what he accomplished for you. Don't trust in what you have done, but trust in what he has done. Because you see, the Bible says in Jonah 2 and 8, listen to this. This is the verse that you never hear. Jonah 2 and 8. Jonah said, those who cling to worthless idols... They forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Come on, amen. Don't, don't let Jesus pass by. Don't let him pass you by. You're holding on to whatever it is. No. You got to throw that coat aside and say, you know what? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to receive my sight today. I'm going to open my eyes, my heart. I'm going to say, I don't need the world because the world will continue to cause me to suffer. Your freedom is obedience. Your freedom freedom begins right now. Right now, you can hear that still, small voice, the same voice that called you out the last time. He's saying it's time for you to leave, to let it go. Let's all stand.
The word of the Lord came to Jonah. He said, go to the city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message. And we know that Jonah ran from the Lord. The Bible said, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And from inside the fish, Jonah said, he prayed to this Lord. He said, Lord, in my distress, I called, called you and you listened. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you heard my cry. Don't be like Jonah. Because it says later, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. In other words, the message did not change. The messenger, the Holy Spirit did not change. The word of God did not change. We must be willing to drop everything and follow him. Don't miss your opportunity. You may need prayer today. You may need to be saved today. I don't care how long you've been part of Millwood Church. If you feel like you're not ready to meet Jesus Christ face to face, you need to make your way up here today. And let me pray with you. Every eye closed, every head bowed as the music plays. If there is going to be music, if not, then pretend there is some. What is God saying to you right now? Is he speaking? Of course he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't miss your opportunity because tomorrow may not come for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people right now. There's a spirit in America. It's called the spirit of disobedience. That, that's a spirit that's not from God. You need prayer, brother? I say it all the time. You have not because you ask not. Are you fearful? Are you scared? Are you terrified? Are you trembling inside when you think about what God's called you to do? Drop it. Drop that coat of lies.
Because it cannot warm you the way that God can warm you. It cannot feed you the way that God can feed you. It cannot hold you and protect you because the God we serve is the one we call Jehovah Jireh. He is the great provider. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the one that sets us free. And when the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now move by faith. Father, we praise you, and I ask that you'll bless Leland today as he brings this meeting. In Jesus' name, and God's people said amen and amen.